Hello, and welcome to Leading Inspired Learning, a Strive podcast. Um, All right, welcome to the podcast. Um, My name is Allie Scott. I'm the project manager of Strive, and I'll be your host on today's episode. Today, we welcome two wonderful guest um, stars to our episode. Um, They are also, very fortunately for me, members of the Strive team. Um, So, Kayla, do you want to introduce yourself first? Uh, Sure. Uh, My name is Kayla Bartlett. I am the community animator for Elgin County with Strive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into what community animator means in a little bit. Yeah. Um, And Haley. Hi, I'm Haley Fabham Lee, and I'm the community animator for London Middlesex, also through Strive. Yeah, so Kayla and Haley, which sometimes I muffle their names into Kaylee and just something. So just excuse that because that may happen. They already know and love and accept yeah. that, right, guys? Just one person. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. A team. Yeah. A team, an amazing team, but are serving two different communities for the same purpose. So today's kind of topic is around what we're calling the M word, but it's mentorship. So the community animator roles are very strategically named. Um, we, it took us a very, very long time to come up with the, the titles for these positions because we didn't want to include the word mentor, mentorship, any of that in the title. Um, we know, and we'll get into it a little bit too, that mentorship kind of um, has some baggage it comes with some preconceived notions, so we all kind of have some understanding of what that means, and we didn't want that to be brought into this role. So what Kayla and Haley are doing in their new roles is animating the community around the topic of mentorship and diving into what we know is an identified gap in both St. Thomas Elgin and London Middlesex. Does that make sense? That sums it up. (laughs) So in this evolution of work, really what we wanted to do today is introduce, if you haven't already met either Kayla or Haley, um, a little chance to get to know them better, to get to know the intention behind this work, um, and really welcome them, open arms to our community to dive into this complex topic. So how do we define? I mean, we're no one trying not to define, but how do we define mentorship? <laughs> they're looking at each I, other. You can't see this audience, but they're Can just trying to figure out how we figure out who speaks. Yeah. You know? Just jump in. Just jump in. I think we're both just quite hesitant about providing a definition because there is this kind of, you know, um, taboo notion kind of around the word and seeing it as a very um, hierarchical one-way kind of relationship where it's a newer employee or a new grad or a student that's kind of gleaning this information these insights from this professional that has all this knowledge and is a veteran in the field but we really want to kind of step away from that definition into something that's much more um, relational and something that's um, built together between two people or a group of people and kind of just turn it on its head. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think recognizing, you know, we have these ideas that come with us about mentorship, like you're saying, primarily yeah. from our experience as students and as new mm -hmm. workers in the sector. Um, but that mentorship can show up in so many different ways. And at the end of the day, without defining it, you can really categorize any relationship or experience you're having that supports you in your growth as a mentoring experience or mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. And and it really can just manifest in so many unexpected ways. So without putting ourselves in a box of saying, okay, well, if, I'm a, if I have a mentor, then my mentor teaches me something and I'm their mentee and my purpose here is to learn from them. Right. Um, making that more of a collaborative process as well. Yeah, where insights can be gleaned from both people, mm -hmm. um, where it's not just one person providing the information, they're both learning and growing from each other and challenging one another to kind of think differently because I think that's really crucial about mentorship is that you're challenging your ideas and challenging your kind of preconceived notions and understanding a different perspective so well and yeah. similarly to how we interact with children we don't view ourselves as the educators as imparting knowledge mm -hmm. on children we are co-learning alongside the children exactly and and mentorship needs to be viewed the same way we're co-learning alongside our mentor or mentee mm -hmm. Or however you're naming that that relationship because learning isn't a one-way street no. no and if the person who is by definition in the mentoring position is only providing learning to to their mentee we're never experiencing growth as a sector either mm -hmm. because we're just cycling in these understandings and this knowledge without looking for something different or something more critically reflecting on on that knowledge mm -hmm. yeah. and so speaking of the sector, mm -hmm. we know the sector is um, overwhelmed, to say the least, at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, just a tad. Just a tad. A little bit. Um, the pandemic hasn't been easy on us mm -hmm. as, as RECEs and professionals in this sector. So why now? Why is this important now? Don't we have enough on our plates? I think what we've seen over the last few years is that we have so much impact on our communities and on honestly everyone around us whether they're part of our programs or not just through the ripple effects of the work that we do and we've been putting aside intentionally or not i think our well-being mm. through this time mm -hmm. to prioritize caring for our community and if we hope to continue doing this good work and to be the best the best professionals that we know we can be, I think there is an importance to identify that it, you know, is okay to care for ourselves. And part of that is mentoring. Mm -hmm. um, it's having those people that you can go to, whether it's for an opportunity to, you know, learn something new, to reflect, to just have a safe space, to have your feelings and your thoughts heard. Um, all of those things fall into mentorship. And yeah. I think it, it really is, I mean, it's time it's time for our sector to value itself as professionals and yeah. to say, hey, I'm worth investing time into. And that having those relationships will only make us stronger together. Yeah. And I think also with the introduction of Quelk or the Canada-wide Early Learning and Child Care Agreement, um, you know, the province has kind of put a priority on um, professional learning and mentoring under their workforce strategy. Mm -hmm. So um them kind of recognizing that we also as a sector need to kind of build one another up and kind of 
work collaboratively because we have we have the power the brain power to be able to do it um, within our sector and so I think also with this new kind of big thing happening for our province and our sector with Quelk, um, I think there has to be a priority on kind of building one another up and helping with the workforce crisis too with recruitment and retention and mentoring is, you know, one kind of way that we can hopefully help with that and Mm -hmm. mitigate some of those effects. Yeah, we know um, that our local college is doing a fantastic job of filling up their programs Mm -hmm. with with potential early years educators. However, not all those educators are staying in the sector. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a retention issue that we are facing. Uh, We know, I mean, elephant in the room, a lot of that has to do with wages. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's something that I personally can't fix as much as I would like to, but we will continue to advocate and, and support. But what we can do is help people feel like they belong, like they're Mm -hmm. worthy, um, that their well-being is supported. That they chose the right sector. Yeah. Yeah. There are a million reasons why I'm sure we all chose to be in this sector that didn't include uh, the wage. And some of it was likely due to a mentor or a mentee Mm -hmm. or a relationship that we've had that inspired us. So is there a meaningful mentor-mentee relationship that comes to your minds from your personal um, experience in the profession that you that really touched your heart? I feel like for me, there's not one specific person. It's definitely been kind of a collaborative effort. Um, and I think um, it's kind of grown across like my my lifespan of why I kind of wanted to work in the um, early learning and childcare field. It, you know, kind of starts when a lot for a lot of people, I feel it starts when you're kind of younger and you have this passion of working with children. So I feel like even though I haven't really kind of considered this, but I feel like children can kind of be our mentors in a way of, you know, kind of guiding us to this field. It's beautiful. Um, And then I think of my time when, you know, I was in school, I felt that a lot of my professors, you know, really encouraged me and became my mentors as well. So shout out to all of them, to (laughs) Celine, Tina, Donna, Sandra, all of them kind of led me to this journey and helped me to see myself as a leader for our community and mm-hmm. kind of gave me that empowerment and gave me a lot of opportunities to kind of learn and grow. Um, and then even, yeah, in professionally, like um, a lot of people have also mentored me and kind of guided me that way. So um, before this, I worked with the City of London. So my managers there and my coworkers there kind of guided me. And then now with my new organization, I have mentors sitting with me in this room, <laughs> Kayla and Allie. So honestly, I feel like it's definitely been like a kind of community, like, you know, how like a village raises a child. It's kind of like you have a village of mentors kind mm-hmm. of guiding you. And that's how I kind of see and view mentorship as it's not something that's really formal. I never really use the title to call any of those people a mentor, but um, they have been kind of guided my path like um, professionally and personally so that's how I kind of see those people impacting me so I'm sure there's many others that I forgot to mention but (laughs) those are just a few well hopefully those few aren't listening so that's okay (laughs) (laughs) Kayla what about you I think I've had a similar experience to Haley where it was never one individual person that you know screamed mentor to me where we defined our relationship in that way Um, but I've been on a bit of a journey the last 
few years, but more so the last year in particular, um, just personally. And for me, I found that the personal and professional really did intertwine because a lot of my my personal circle is also in the sector. You know, that happens over time. Yes. Um, but curating those professional friendships and those those safe spaces where I felt safe really allowed me to, you know, take some risks and assess my role in the sector and what kind of where I wanted to be long term. And I don't know, just having, having those people that I can go to that I can say whatever I need to say unfiltered, but mm-hmm. the meaning's not lost and we can still come back to some meaningful conversation afterwards. Um, of course, obviously professors, practicum mentors, mm-hmm. um, you know, directors, any leadership teams I've worked with over the years have been like invaluable support. But I really think in this phase of, of my career and my life that it's really just about those relationships that I've built with my my inner circle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't name drop them because I know that those people in particular get embarrassed, but... Uh, <coughs> Sherry Spriggs. <coughs> uh, you know who you are, and yeah. I'm so, so thankful for those individuals in my life that have been able to, you know, validate that inner, that inner dialogue that's maybe telling you you're not good enough or that you're wrong and just supporting you and really not just saying, oh, no, you are, but getting you again to critically reflect and really support yourself through that thinking to come through the other side. Cause I think it's not about having a yes man or a yes woman on your, mm-hmm. on your side. It's just having someone that's safe for you to come in and, and chat with really honestly. Well, and who can critically and, and kindly help you push your thinking and further mm-hmm. your thinking yeah. because we won't ever progress if, if our mentors or mentees are just saying yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. It really is about a kind of a critical um, professional friendship as Diane Cashin talks about in in some of her professional learning and her latest book. Um, It's it's cultivating these relationships where you are pushing one another for growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the beauty of it coming from the relationship first is that there's comfort. And not in the sense where we're too comfortable and we're being unprofessional together, Mm -hmm. but there's comfort to be yourself and not pretend. I know, like, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty authentically myself when I show up in a room, but there's times where, like, I'm going to be someone else for a few minutes until I read the room, Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's natural for all of us. Yeah, like, I'm just not going to come in guns blazing from the beginning. But it's just building that trust. Yeah, Yeah. and that trust, like, when you start from a relation perspective, like, that trust is there. That's the first thing, right? Mm -hmm. You're not forming a relationship with someone that's meaningful to you if you don't trust them, right? Like, they really just go hand in hand, so. It really just mimics everything that we're kind of taught in the sector when we're building relationships with children, building relationships with families. It's the same when you're building a mentor relationship. It's that trust piece. It's that respect. It's that nurturing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that care, that time, so... um, Yeah, me and Kayla have talked about this before, that we see so many similarities between this kind of goal of this work we're doing and also what we're kind of already doing in the field with children and families. We just kind of have to revert back and kind of use that in our our professional work with our colleagues um, in a different kind of way. Yeah, so when I know over the years there have been many different... um, mentoring let's call them strategies mm-hmm. um, that have been implemented suggested enforced um, 
none of which we use, or I mean very little, that we use formally Mm -hmm. to this day. Um, When I began with Strive, there was a whole mentor working group, basically a community of practice uh, that came together and, and that conversation evolved into, well, mentoring is kind of in everything we do. So that kind of group disbanded and um, we looked at it as all professional learning that was offered was a form of mentorship. All the communities of practice that we offer are forms of mentorship. But we've kind of lost focus, I guess, on how important mentorship is to sustain our our sector. Mm -hmm. So have you ever been involved in uh, one of these projects that you know may have been a bust. Uh, what did we learn from it, and what are we what are we taking any inspiration from that in your research so far? I've never. I mean, other than practicum, right? I've never been involved in any of the formal mentoring models that were around. Yeah. So um, what, like mentoring pairs? Mentoring pairs for childcare. Uh, I th- actually think that's maybe the only formally funded. The Center of Excellence. Oh, Center of Excellence as well. And I I don't know of any other ones that have been done in Ontario specifically. Or in in London specifically. Or in London specifically in the last, like, 20 years. Yeah. Um, So I I wasn't involved in either one of those models. um, But I did receive a lot of feedback from Mm -hmm. individuals who did participate. And the I think the main pieces of feedback from those were that they felt very prescriptive and that they were enforced rather than collaboratively developed. There was a lot of discussion around how it wasn't necessarily practical to everyday work or that they didn't feel um, that the information was approachable outside of the formal setting. And then again, with Mentoring Pairs for Childcare, it was funded, so you were paid to participate. So that's a missing factor for um, a lot of mentorship that's happening right now, is that it's not an additional payment on top of your regular wage. Yeah, yeah, I really, it really just boiled down to that they weren't feeling that they had a voice in the process. And it, again, it was hierarchical. It was, there is a mentor that is teaching you something and you will learn something from that as a mentee, so. And I think when um, both London Middlesex and St. Thomas Elgin, we're wrestling with this idea of mentorship to support um, the funding that goes along with it. We brought these to our advisory tables, to our community tables to have discussions about it because we know that when there has been a a top-down approach to a mentoring program or um, a, a structured, established thing to be a part of, there isn't as much community buy-in. So we heard loud and clear around these tables that um, this really does need to be co-constructed, that our community, our educators, those working directly with children, those in new leadership roles, existing leadership roles, senior leaders, they need to feel like like whatever we're doing, which we don't know what that is, (laughs) whatever we're doing is supporting one another in these really nuanced and intricate different dynamics and roles and um, positions that we hold. So it's not like, you know, our municipalities and, and kudos to them for, for doing this. And they didn't say, oh, you know, here's a, here's a quick fix. Let's, 
buy this program, let's make everyone do it, and there, done, problem solved. Yeah. They were so intentional and, and forced us to be so intentional with this process. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that when we do things quickly, without intention, without reflection, is when we see bigger gaps created um, and a bigger, perhaps, disdain for mentoring could could come from it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of your role, I mean, you've been on the roles just a couple months now, has mm-hmm. been a lot of research, environmental scans, relationship building, um, really trying to understand that this is going to be I mean, we have a finite amount of time, but going to be a long-term project that at the end of, of the year, we're not going to be able to say, here you go, City of London, County of Essex, and Elgin St. Thomas, that here is your here is your answer to all your mentoring problems. This is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and I think important for maybe the communities to understand is that our goal through this process is to capture their voice to yeah. provide options. Um, so through their specific feedback, that will determine what options are presented to the counties as possibilities for um, pathways to follow. And mm-hmm. yeah, just recognizing that it is really their opportunity to offer feedback about the systems that do or don't already exist in order to you know take a little bit of ownership over the future of their work in the sector as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we already know that there's you know some great work that's already happening with this, whether it's in policies or procedures or not. Um, we know there's great mentors, great yeah. programs already mm-hmm. in existence. Absolutely. So just capturing those, seeing if we can kind of offer those to a broader community um, and seeing if we can, you know, translate any of that um, to a different group of educators or leaders or whoever it may be. So um, understanding what's kind of already out there and what's what's working. And um, yeah, I think just, yeah, really trying to animate or capture the voices <laughs> of our community. Um, well, yeah, and through goal. these conversations, can we inspire each other to reconnect with mm-hmm. our passion and our yeah. focus in the work? After, like we said, you know, through pandemic, that wasn't necessarily the primary focus. We were so concerned with health and safety mm-hmm. that maybe that that connection in the work is missing as well. So, animating. Animating. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I really like what you said, Haley, about the great work that is happening, and it, it makes me think of um, how fortunate we are to to live and work in the communities we do that mm-hmm. worked really hard over the years to break down the silos. We've talked about this a lot, and our community does want, ultimately, the best for children and families. Yeah. We don't tend to lean into this competitive. We don't necessarily hold our, our cards close to our chest because we know what's working and what's best for us may also work and be what's best for other programs across our region. So we want to share that. And I think your roles specifically are kind of the missing puzzle piece to bring this specific topic of mentoring to the forefront and collect it all so that we can all benefit Mm -hmm. from what is going exceptionally well in our community because we know it exists. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of kind of um, hidden treasures, I guess you could say, that I think um, should be shared. And I think a lot of people could benefit from them. And I think 
there's a lot of great you know programs that I think we're not always aware of until someone brings up we're like oh this is an option like I didn't know this like yeah. it's such a great thing so I think yeah just highlighting some of those features um I think it's pretty easy for educators to just to get so focused on the work that they're mm-hmm. doing in their classrooms with the children that they're serving at the moment that you for, sometimes can forget it easily. We all do it, yeah. that there are wonderful things happening and we don't always have to do things the way we've always done them, mm-hmm. yeah. right? What's the Maya Angelou quote? When we know better, we do better. So as we continue to learn more about what's happening, what is successful, what's going really well, we can strive to, to do better, pun intended. <laughs> Yeah, I think the conversations offer and, you know, through the work that we'll be doing offers the opportunity to focus on how we build that capacity back up in ourselves again. You know, it's not necessarily about more work or more models to follow or whatever the case might be. We don't want it to be an add-on or seem like an additional task or work because we've already, we know that everyone's already at their kind of max right now and they can't do anything Additionally, we want it to be something that's already a part of the work that you're doing and doesn't feel like extra. It's just yeah, something that's And what are those characteristics that you're already bringing into your work every day mm-hmm. that you can highlight? Um, you know, is it as simple as a shift in language right. or a shift in perspective when you walk in the door? Yep. It doesn't necessarily need to be something big. It can be how we slowly build up that capacity over time. So. I love that. Well said. So how can our listeners um, find out more about what's going on in your project how can they reach out to you guys how uh, yeah how do we go from here where do we go from here yeah what do we do Um, so Haley and I are currently working on developing a landing page on Strive's website so once that is up and running hopefully in the next hopefully by the time this podcast we'll have Um, a link for you yeah um so there will be like critical information, like, you know, the highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, you know, we have email through yes. Strive. Um, so you can reach out to us by email. Um, it's just our names at strivesw.ca. Yeah, and we can link those as well. Yeah, um, we'll also be engaging in community surveys and focus groups. And I believe both of us are planning to reach out to hopefully every organization to have a conversation as well and just visit mm-hmm. programs and get to know you all a little bit more. Yeah. So um, if we have some really passionate uh, advocates for mentoring, we're, we're going to capture your voice. Yes. We, we want everyone's you. voice. Yeah, yes. we'll find you. But if you, in the meantime, find us. Um, yeah. And also, if you know somebody who might be sh- shy to share, yeah. you know, encourage them to to believe us when we're coming and we want their opinions um we'd really like to capture the unheard voices of our community as well making sure that we're not hearing from the same people we always hear from but we want to hear from everybody so um if you are working in childcare or or early years or you are a student in ece or apprenticeship every offering is for you yeah yeah i love that okay we're gonna play a quick game Unless, oh wait, did I cover everything we needed to cover when it comes to your roles, mentoring? I think so. I think so, yeah. More to come. Yeah, more to come, yeah. All right. We'll see. Okay, we want to get to know you guys a little bit better. Right. So we're going to do the rapid fire game that we've been doing. Favorite children's book? Um, I think I'd have to go from my childhood because I'm not super familiar with ones that are kind of out right now so I would say like the hungry caterpillar was one that was like a solid one yeah um, Eric Carl can't go wrong yeah 
I also liked Curious George and like those stories. Oh also yeah, fun too. So I'll stick with those two. But some classics. Yeah, some classics. Kayla had to pull out her phone to answer her question. <laughs> so I am on a journey right now. I'm okay. no longer like just an educator out in the wild. I have a child. So yes. my my favorite books right now are the books that you know I can see bring her joy. So right now, um, actually, a book I got out Winter Rethink. Um, I Am, Affirmations for Resilience, is one of my daughter's favorite books. And just watching her hug herself and lift herself up while she Mm -hmm. reads it brings me a lot of joy. Your daughter is how old? She is almost two and a half. Almost two and a half. That's beautiful. Uh, Favorite age group to work with? So if you had to go into childcare and work directly with children again now. Infants. Okay, that was quick. Good. Um, I'd say toddlers. I know that's kind of a trend. It has been a trend on the podcast. But, yeah, I just, they're, yeah, just super interesting. Um, One of my managers, he called them spicy. So I like that. Oh, 100%. definition of very spicy toddler. Yeah. Now that I have a toddler, I could not. That's how I feel. Like, I think I'd burn up. (laughs) That's how I feel, too. That's exactly. And I think someone on the podcast said, oh, whatever age my children is, the age I love to work with. And I'm like, no, I'm the opposite. (laughs) I have a toddler and I'd like to work with infants. I'm embracing the toddlerhood now. Like, we're at this fun stage where, like, language has formed. There's sentences. There's communication. There's fun. Mm -hmm. There's, like, big body play. Like, it's a really great, awesome time. But, like, there's just something about snuggling in an infant room. There really is. Watching every first right yes everything's for the first time yeah. and that joy yes uh favorite professional learning you've attended mm, i feel like i haven't attended any in a while but don't say that you work for strive oh sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um i think i put it in my um also if you want to learn more about kayla and i we have a professional spotlight post up if yes you the blog post on the website we'll link that as well um, but I think I included it there but we went on the site tour to Nishwashnagon yes um, and so that was really cool because I ever since I kind of heard about that they were creating this child care and family center that was um, indigenous led I, I really wanted to kind of see inside the space to see how it was different and they did a really great job of explaining the intentionality behind it and just the time and effort that went into planning the space. Um, and so I thought that was really, really cool and I really enjoyed that experience. That was a Strive event, so you've redeemed yes. yourself. That's oh, great. Good. It's such a beautiful center. Yes. It is. <laughs> uh, now I'm trying to remember what I put and I can't remember. So you have to think of something oh, yeah, else. something new. Um, I actually have been thinking about this a little bit lately and anyone who knows me I I tend to not necessarily take my education um, very seriously Mm. Um, but I've been reflecting on it a little bit lately and I I think completing my diploma and my bachelor's is actually a very long-winded professional development that is becoming uh, my favorite because I I've realized that you know, I really love all the other events. Like, I, I go to almost all of them. Yes, I love them. It's just a joy point of mine. <laughs> I, I really love being in a space to reflect and, and think on things. But when I think about what has impacted me the most, I think about the skills that I developed yeah. through my education, but also how it helped me to find my voice. Mm. Um, you know, I, I've written about this in a couple places, but I really my voice for advocacy came from a first semester class in college Mm -hmm. when we were talking, we were preparing for practicum and we were being told what to expect and what we might see out in the field. And um, experiencing that firsthand really just 
illuminated something in me and awoke this fire to to make a change. Um, so yeah, I think I think genuinely my my yeah. post secondary education, not necessarily for the weight of the content, but for the skills, the, the skills and the and the personal growth that came yeah. from it. I'll Hi. say that too. I'll add yeah. that onto mine. <laughs> yeah, you can't just copy her. <laughs> That's what I like to do. I like to steal things from Kayla. Yeah, <laughs> steal all of her ideas. Um, favorite ice cream flavor? Maple walnut. Okay, that's not mine. No, um, me either. Mine would be like chocolate peanut butter. Like anything that's yes. like chocolate or like brownie pieces or peanut butter cups. Like I'm definitely a, a chocolate girl. I yeah. love that for you and yeah. me. I don't even know. Like I go to Shaw's and I get maple walnut. It's the worst. No, I never no, try anything no. new. So yeah, I don't really like nuts. Mm. So that wouldn't yeah, be for no. me. But peanut butter? Yes. I think it's for my grandparents. Like they always had maple walnut. Yeah. Nostalgia. Nana, it's on you. It's, yeah. <laughs> I hope she's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make her. Okay. Uh, other than this one, Leading Inspired Learning, the podcast, what is your favorite podcast? Um, I'm really boring. I don't really listen to podcasts. You don't go to PL. You don't listen to podcasts. No. Goodness, Haley. Imagine, I don't know how I imagine calling yourself boring because you don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, no. I, this is definitely my favorite. Well, good. Yeah. Um, I have, like, two streams. Okay. I have, like, my for fun stream. Yeah. So I'm, like, a diehard One Tree Hill fan. Mm. Drama Queens is every week on Mondays. I'm listening to Drama Queens. Um, but lately, um, just through my work with Leaders for Change, I've been exploring, like, early years podcasts. And yeah. there's some really great ones out there. There are. Um, Carla Ward has the ECE, Everything ECE podcast. Yes. Really, like, short, nice nuggets of conversation. Um, there's a few others as well. Great. <laughs> but yeah, I've just been exploring that early years podcast realm, and there's there's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah, yeah. there is. And a lot of them are what inspired us to start this podcast. Yeah. Um, and and really helping voice our community in a different platform. Mm-hmm. So kudos to, to those. Well done. You guys did it. Amazing. Um, so, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, you two. I know you kind of like have to because I'm your boss and this is your job. But you know what? You did great. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank Thank you. you. And we will probably be looking at a future episode later in the year uh, with you guys to kind of touch touch on, yeah, how this goes, where the project takes us. This is a project. Yeah, maybe Um, we have a different understanding of mentorship by then. Yeah, who knows? Who knows where this year is going to take us? So join us. Come along for the ride. Exactly. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks so much for listening. You can connect with us on Instagram at Leading Inspired Learning Pod or on our website at strivewo.ca slash podcast. I would love to have you tell a friend or colleague about this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Please join us next time.